So good. So I'm really tempted to say open to Ephesians. <laughs> yeah, but I'm not going to because we're in Mark today. We're in Mark today. Those of you who don't know there are any other books in the Bible after the last, according to somebody, six years. It wasn't that long. And uh, somebody sent me a snarky comment on social media going, <coughs> going, I only had one grandchild, and I got three now. And I was like, hey, <laughs> shut up. And uh, anyway, so uh, it's not, not exactly true. Book of Mark will be there in just a moment, just a moment. And uh, I need to do a little survey here as we get started. I need to find out a couple of things for read the text. Read the text. Uh, anybody here uh, married or, or used to be married, almost married? All right. Anybody here not married? All right. I just want everybody to feel, feel, feel particular here. All right. Uh, how many of you, you're not going to raise your hand if I'm giving out money? Okay, there you go. All right, same thing. <coughs> anybody, all right, all right. I, I'll start with the men. Men, have you ever had, ever had an argument about money, about finances? Finances. Raise your hand. Raise both hands. All right. Like four of you? All right, forget it. Forget it. Go to, go to Ephesians. Lie not one to another. All right. Man. Man. All right. Let me, I'll, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. I'm in the PC world. Anybody here ever had a spirited, emotional discussion about finances? Can you raise your hand now? There we go. That's more of you. That's more of you. Any ladies, anybody in here ever had a spirited, uh, whatever I just said, emotional discussion about finances? How many of you here, you get along real well, and you never discuss these things? <laughs> so you're going, yeah, that's why I'm not married. And I see how... I, I, I see that how that is. I, had one, I said that one time. One guy came up to me and said, said, no, it's not true. I said, every now and then I do stuff and I'm mad at me. And, uh, so, uh, and, so, and so we're here. You find out. Uh, and just for fun, anybody here, you, anybody here over here, you've done something financially, it was a regret. I mean, like a bad decision. It's like several of you need to be up here right now because you had not raised your hand for anything. And I'm like, man, I, I made a bad decision this week. Anybody here in the middle? Been here, ever made a bad decision? Anybody here ever been to Bucky's and bought a thirty-four-dollar uh, Santa suit? <laughs> Mike's over there going, "That was that was your allowance for the year." And uh, anybody here ever made a bad decision financially? Financially, financially. All right. Just <laughs> like, yeah, today. And uh, anybody over here bad decision? Regret? All right, a few of you. All right, so that's most of you. There's like twelve of you that never argued, never made a bad decision, and have no regret. I want to believe you, um, and that's as far as I'm willing to go while I'm mic'd up and being recorded. So, so into the thing. Have you ever figured out? Have you ever figured out finances are emotional? It ain't just math. That's why Dave Ramsey uh, teaches teaches a, a, a snowball instead of an avalanche. He says because it's an emotional. You can get some winds under your belt, and instead of uh, paying off the highest interest, it, it is. It is. And something that really never loves you, never gives, never says anything to you, man, can just butt heads. A parent with a child, a partner in a business with someone else. <coughs> man, the accusations can fly. Or, uh, or people, you know, and then, then you, man, you get really upset. And you say things like, didn't they teach you to add where you went to school? And, and all these things. And all of a sudden, man, you, you, got, you got issues or you do, like, uh, you do like I do and you end up at the end of the month and you got more month left at the end of the money. And, uh, and you're struggling and you make bad decisions and then, or you're trying to figure it out. Some of you grew up with people that encouraged you and helped you. And others of you, others of you kind of like me, you just grew up and it was just a great mystery to you. And, and all you seemed to do in your 20s was just make mistake after mistake and you want to do 
<coughs> it's one of the few things in life that's a, that's a physical object that can produce joy and guilt. It really is. It's a strange thing. It really is a strange thing. You can do something, feel guilty about it, <coughs> or you do the wrong thing, feel guilty about it. You can make a purchase, and people call it retail therapy. And so it, it's strange how evocative it is with us, and it's strange all the way around. We're jumping in the middle of a story here today, and I want to help us. Uh, I want to help us. By my notes, by my records, I've not really broached the subject about in about, <coughs> in about uh, three years. It, it, I haven't, I, my notes, I haven't preached on this since before I, was, before I became ill, and uh, or a whole subject on it, a whole series on it, so, or a sermon on it. So I want to help us today. I want to remind us today. I want to set some things, and, and I want to be a blessing, and I want to help you. I want to help you. <coughs> it's hard to shake a tree on YouTube and not see something about this. It's definitely hard on TikTok and some of the other social media. And every broke person you know is an expert on this subject. Anybody got broke people in your life who constantly give bad advice? And, uh, you know, it's like the guy I've been married eight times telling you what you should do in your marriage. I don't care what you say, buddy. I'm not listening unless you're telling me what not to do. Uh, then I'll pay attention here. So we want to do this. I want to help you today. So stand if you would. Mark, if you're willing and able, Mark 12, 41 through 44. We're jumping the story. I want to share some things with you. And I need to open my Bible as well. Mark chapter 12, verse 41. Jesus sat over against the treasury, beheld how the people cast money in the treasury. And many that were rich cast in much. It's fascinating. They had these boxes, and they, they, had, they had usually brass, but some type of metal brass in there, and people would put it in. You've seen at Walmart and some other places the, 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 the drum kind of thing. You can put a coin in there, and it just continues to make money. in. These were situated at the different entrances around the temple, and if you had a lot of small coins, it would make a huge clatter and would echo throughout the courtyard. You knew somebody was rich because there was a cacophony of sound. Verse 42, there came a certain poor widow. She threw in two mites. Your Bibles may say leptons in the center column there at the bottom. I've got some leptons in the back in the office. If I threw it on this metal pulpit, you would barely hear it there so light. She called unto him his disciples. Excuse me, he called unto him his disciples, saith unto them, Verily, truly, I say unto you that the poor widows cast more in than all that have cast in the treasury. Jesus hadn't been sitting there nobody, and pointed it out. Nobody around would have heard it. It didn't make a sound. Verse 44, For all did cast in of their abundance. She of her want did cast in all that she had, even all her living. She didn't even keep one half of it, a denera. She didn't even keep half of it just to go get a slice of bread. Jesus commends her there. So I want to help us. True value in an inflationary world. True value in an inflationary world. I want to, I want to reset us, help us. Those of you for the first time thinking about some of this, I'm going to encourage those of you who are scared. I, I want to unclench some of you that are nervous. I, I really want to do that and, and give you a perspective about what Jesus sees here in, in the world. And so let's do that. Pray with me. Father, front to back and left to right, I ask you to help us. I pray that you'd help me. Help me to speak uh, clearly and compassionately. Help us have a good time. As we think about this subject, but more than that, would you just work in our hearts? Speak to us, I pray. Lord, for all our guests, Lord, I look forward to meeting and shaking their hand after the service and greeting them. But Lord, in, in this, these moments, honor yourself through the word. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you would work in our lives and our hearts. And I ask that you do that. So preach on the inside while I'm preaching on the outside. We pray in Jesus' name and amen. You can be seated. Be seated. About six, seven years ago, we had the first time that ever happened. I had to block somebody on social media. 
blocked somebody on social media. Guy was watching our services, and he went out of his way. He went out of his way. At the time when I had hair, he said, he said, that red-headed, sweating, fat preacher. And, uh, and I was so glad he didn't say preacher's wife, because then I'd have had to go kill him. And, and he went on and on, and anybody who'd comment on the service, he'd message them. I mean, it, it was just an absolute mess. And I'm going, I can take that from family, but I'm not taking that from a stranger. And, uh, and so, uh, so anyway, and I said, that camera's not that good that we were using at the time. There's no way he knew I was sweating. And, uh, and so he was there, and man, he was going on, because I preached some message about uh, God owns everything that you, that you have. Man, he took great offense at that and kind of reached out. It's a funny thing, the nerve that it hits, the nerve that it hits. About four years ago, my notes, this is the last time I did this, I borrowed this from John Maxwell. John Maxwell used to say when he was preaching at Skyline Wesleyan out in California, he would do this. He said, people get real nervous about this, about this kind of thing. And he said, he said and folks would go, oh, preacher, don't do this, don't do this. And he would, he, would, he, would, he would laughingly say, he said, so help me do some math. Help me do some addition here. He said, if somebody's going to get really mad about you trying to help them understand what God says about what they should do with their stuff and be a good steward and, and, uh, and, and do well, and do well, again, some of the most popular searches on YouTube, Social media, anything you look at is people. How can I do better? How can I make an impact? How can I be, how can I be a good custodian? I mean, it's just there. How can I live on less? The minimalism movement. So, so it's probably less offensive now than it even was five or six years ago. He said, he said but you get to thinking about this. He said, somebody's going to get really bent out of shape, and, and you can help me here. You can help me. He said, if they get really bent out of shape, what do you think that they're doing for the Lord anyway? What do you think? Think they're giving a whole lot or think they're giving a little bit? Anybody, there's no wrong answer here. This is not, this is not you're not on camera, I am. Uh, anybody think? Tommy's really, really been out of shape about that. They're probably giving what? Help me out here. Zero. There you go. Zero. Zero. So if they're going to get mad, they're going to get mad and they're going to leave and be all upset about that. What are they going to take with them? They're going to take with them their zero. There you go, Riley. There you go, Riley. Thank the Lord. 13 years of Christian education paying off. And. Um, so if they're, going, if they're given nothing, probably maybe serving nowhere either, they're going to take their nothing, they're going to leave with it. So rather do that quick math, zero minus zero is what? Zero. Zero, as uh, Brother Bill would say, the K in education over at Carnes, that's still the right math. And they're going to take that. So if they're going to take their zero minus zero and leave, then why in the world are we really worried about them getting mad and going? And I agree with Brother Maxwell. Maybe, maybe we not be worried about all that stuff, right? And again, if I was driving a Rolls Royce or a Bentley out there and I was wearing $800 tennis shoes, we might be having a different discussion about some things and all that kind of stuff. But when you're talking about this, people clinch and they do that. I, I, I reread the story about the, about the town lawyer who was fabulously wealthy, but he was really, really tight. Anybody know anybody really, really tight, really greedy? Anybody know if you ask them for something, they give you a story? I mean, that's fun, isn't it? Hey, can I? I remember when, oh, nuts, I should have gone and bought it myself. And uh, said the guy was new in town, and he'd heard, and he said, well, I just got the right approach. He goes up to the guy, and he says, sir, I just wanted to ask you. We're starting this orphanage, and everybody said, everybody said, you might be willing to help. He said, well, you heard wrong. He said, I'll have you know people think I've got a lot of them, but you know that my mother is in critical care, requires 24-hour nursing. She's on oxygen. She's on special meds that her insurance won't cover. And that, and that she is completely dependent on others. And the guy started stammering. He said, do you know furthermore that my brother 
was in an accident last year. He's been out of work. He has four children and a wife who has to constantly tend to them. One of their children has special needs, and everything is different and difficult for them. The guy said, Sarah, I'm just sorry as I be to bother. Let me, let me just leave. He said, I'll tell you one more thing. He said, if I won't help my mother or my brother, I'm not going to help you. <sighs> So you can explain that to your neighbor in a minute. And, uh, and, and we're here, and we think about this. We think about these kind of things. And so I want to help us. I want to help us today. If you will unclench a little bit. And I want to give you some scriptural things that will help you. That will help you that you can figure out what you do with what God has allowed you to have so that it has true value. It has true value in a world where everything is devalued. Is that okay with everybody? Is that okay? It's like four of you nod, and the rest of you are going, <laughs> so, so, so we want to help you. Uh, let me give you. Let me give you a couple things. Just an introduction. Number one, remember your commitment. Our commitment is always to God. Always to God first. Second Corinthians chapter eight verse nine. But this we did not as we asked, but you first gave of yourselves to the Lord and then to us. There's always a direction that's there. Always a direction. I've known people who didn't know Christ but were generous because they just they had it ingrained in them. A parent or grandparent, somebody taught them to be generous. That was a way to get a good feeling. There's no high like being like, like giving people stuff. And so they did that just because of that, because of those kind of things. <coughs> Excuse me. The, one of the founders or maybe the second, second director of the Dr. Pepper Corporation, you know, talked about following the golden rule and, and always doing those kind of things. This is not this. Is not this. The biblical imperative is to give yourself to the Lord. If you've never repented of your sin, put your faith and trust in Christ. He'd never change your life. Then that is the first thing you need to do. Somebody say amen to that. Amen to that. Leadership uh, Magazine years ago used to publish a, publish a printed thing, and they had a deal. They would, uh, they would have some pretty funny cartoons. I clipped it out. <laughs> anyway, and said a guy was, guy was getting baptized and sticking out of the water. The last thing to go in was his wallet, and so that was the thing. And so many times, so many times, that's it. That's it. We are to give of the Lord, give the Lord our stuff. Every time we've bought a car, hopefully every time we've moved, which has been several times, we try and walk around. We try and get in. I try and get in. I try and get all the doors of the vehicle. Lord, this belongs to you. Dedicate that. This is, this is what it is. We try and set up a, a, we use a digital thing to help us with our budgeting, and we try and have that the first line. God, I want to make sure of this, and I want to encourage you, but you first do that. And the reason sometimes we have trouble with any of the others, whether our time or our talent or our treasure, whatever that is, is because we, we just never said, Lord, it's all yours. I'm all yours. Do with me what you will. Do with me what you will. That is, so our commitment starts there. Secondly, commitment's not automatic. Commitment's not automatic. Anybody ever paid for a gym membership you didn't use? <laughs> Let me help you. Anybody here got multiple sizes of exercise clothing? I got those. I, I'd hate to tell you how many sizes I have. I mean, have. Anybody, anybody use a, a, a elliptical or a, or, a, or a bicycle and it's got clothes hanging on it? Don't point. We, we are, commitment's just not, not automatic. Not automatic. Uh, you join Kindle Unlimited, you're still not reading. You buy new technology, you still haven't learned how to use Illustrator or Photoshop. We, we do all these kinds of things. We buy a new study by, we don't read. Commitment is just not automatic. Man, it's, it takes time. It takes effort. And it's not, it's not automatic. Commitments, thirdly, thirdly, it always begins somewhere. always begins somewhere. Those of you who operate on shame, I just want to help you. I want to help you. You can't do anything about the past, but be forgiven for it and learn from it. But you can start today. 
You can start today. You can read a page today. You can read two verses in your Bible today. You can't do anything about the fact you've been unfaithful maybe to church like you wanted to be with no good reason. But you can start today. I mean, you're glad God's grace is for today. I mean, you're glad His mercy is new every morning. And you go, man, I just didn't do real well in 2022, you know, being generous. I didn't do 2022, you know, being faithful to the Lord. I didn't speak to anybody about Jesus much in the last three months. But you can today. You can today. It's not the Lord beating you up over your past. Man, that's the devil, and that's your own conscience there. Man, you can do today. You can do today. Anybody, anybody ever, anybody ever, you've started something new, and it was a straight line. Anybody else? Straight line, down. Sideways, backwards. Some of you joke about, you say, you tell me, you think about the hereafter all the time. You walk in the room going, hmm, what was I hereafter? We get distracted, we get discouraged, but it always starts somewhere. It always starts somewhere. You can start today. You can start today. Many of you, by the way, with your Bible reading, you've said to me, hey, didn't, 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 couldn't, couldn't, but man, I, I read like two weeks, uh, two days last week. I read like three times. Man, I'm, this, is, this has been great. This has been great. And you figure it out. Instead of beating myself up for the days I missed, I'll celebrate the days that I did. And it always starts somewhere. It always starts somewhere. We're back in the text there, back in the text and so I want to help you. I want to just give you a few things. Can I give you a few things? You still with me this morning? Have you unclenched yet? All right, all right. Yeah, you, you, you untensed yet? Yeah. <clears throat> See, some people, some people don't think they give. Some people don't think they give. <clears throat> uh, a, a couple. I think I've got this in your notes there. There's three reasons why people don't give more to God. <clears throat> I'm trying to be in a hurry, but let me just pause. There's three reasons people don't give. Number one, they don't think they can give and meet their own needs. They don't think they can give and meet their own needs. Lord willing, right after Easter, we're going to offer financial peace. It's a nine-week program, and we've got, you can do it, you just do it on your own. And so, some of you are like me. Some of you just, man, just, man, if you can make a financial mistake, you'll make it. <coughs> and being married, that was tricky, and having a child was really tricky, and two children, and man, just the inordinate amount of things. You'll get no judgment from me. But some of you, man, I just, I just need some better tools. Need some better tools. We do this, do this, and you're really struggling. And so you're worried. You're worried about that. You don't think you can do those kind of things. And some of it is just you boil down to, man, I don't know I can trust the Lord when I can't really trust myself. And this is an alarming to them. Some folks don't know how to give. They don't know how to give. They don't know how to give. Do I just give, reach in my wallet, and pull out a bundle of bills? Do I, do I, do I give off the gross or the net? Do I... <clears throat> do I try and deduct it? Do I, do, what, what do I do? They never, never really thought about it. Never really thought about it. One of the things that happened during C-19 for a lot of people is because they were homebound, they, they said, you know, I wonder how the church is going to operate. And so they started, they started mailing stuff in. They started, started giving online and th those kind of things because they really finally, first of all, thought about it. Thought about it. Maybe you never thought about it. And then some folks don't plan to give. Some folks don't plan to give. They show up and they go, oh, man. I heard a guy say, you know, pull out your checkbooks. And I just laughed. I'm thinking, what era is he from? Uh, you know, pull out your phones. I was somewhere getting coffee the other day, and a lady swiped her watch. lady swiped her watch. And I was like, man, man, do that again after I order mine. <laughs> and, uh, man, so I, and uh, you know, I thought I was fancy. I finally figured out how to tap my card. And, uh, you know, and uh, Riley's like, good job, Dad. I'm like, smart like uh and so so we don't we don't do we don't plan to we don't plan to give i have a friend he tries to send out a reminder to his folks lay out your clothes plan breakfast leave early uh because apparently all his folks show up half dressed late uh, to church but i mean he's 
pretty large church. He sends out the same thing almost every Saturday night. And I laugh at him. And he's like, he's like it helps. I said, it would irritate me. Um, so, so we do that. We don't plan to give. So here we go. Number one, what is Jesus doing? What is Jesus doing? There are 13 of these treasuries, 13 of these boxes. And that trumpet or that inverted flute, lots of coins, lots of sounds, wealthy person. Jesus is sitting near one of those. No doubt been teaching. See, Jesus is not interested. This is a preacher thing. This is a southern thing. This is a multi-mega church thing. No, 15% of what Jesus said had to do, had to do, or excuse me, 15% of what's recorded in the scriptures has to do with our attitude or our actions concerning stuff. Money is a life compressed. Stuff is life compressed. Here it is. Here it is. You work for somebody, and this has been the whole thing about the quiet quitting. You're exchanging life for goods. And it's, this is what this is. So when we're talking about this, we're talking about you giving of what you earned with your life, with your life. The essence of worship is to return to God what He has entrusted to you. The essence of worship is to entrust, is to return to God what He has entrusted to you. That's why we, we stopped calling them baby dedication or child dedication services. We started calling them parent dedication services. Because it's mom and dad and the grandparents and whoever saying, I dedicate myself to raise this child for Jesus. I return back to you what you have given to me. That's why the marriage, if I do your marriage, I'm going to mention that, that you are giving yourself to the other and to the Lord. And we do, those, we do those things. We learn to hold on to it. It is the very embodiment of worship. It's not what you keep, but what you give. So what do we figure out from Jesus? Number one, he knows what you have to give. He knows what you have to give. <clears throat> Anybody ever done the comparison trap? All right. So what's that? What's that? What's that? I wonder. Look at, look at those shoes. Look at that handbag. Say something snarky. Must be nice to drive a car like that. Yeah, it's got four wheels and engine, just like yours. Why do you care? And the uh, only thing I care about is your car paid for. If your car's paid for, I'm really envious. <laughs> You're making payments like, Pfft. and uh, man, it, you, you see that. You ever been out to eat? You ever been out to eat and you're eating a nice meal and then somebody starts talking about a meal that you had somewhere else? It's a, it's a first world problem, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, this is really good, but I remember we were somewhere else, man. This was even better. You know, you didn't have to cook it. You didn't have to prepare it. You didn't have to go kill it. You didn't have to dig it out of the ground if it was a vegetable. Somebody brought it to you with clean silver. They're going to clean the plate. Man, you can go, you can go lay down after this. You, you don't even have the smell of food in your house. And we're going, man, this is a really good meal somewhere else. And uh, this is a good cookie. But you know who makes a good cookie? You know who makes a really good cookie? We do that. And we're in the comparison game. And sometimes you go, you know, I don't make as much money as so-and-so. Or you, what you think they make. Or I've got more going on than so-and-so. God, God knows where you, what you got. God knows what we have to give. He knows our resources. He knows our resources. What does he say here? This poor widow, that means no family taking care of her woman, came up. She didn't keep one. She gave both. She said, I won't eat today. I give all to Jesus. And she sacrificially gave. 
and it didn't make a dent, but it was a big deal to her, and it was a big deal to God. She gave what would have been a day's wage. The coins are so light, they would not have, really would not have made a sound going down that inverted flute, or inverted, uh, inverted trumpet. He knows what you have to give. You say, when I make more, no. If you won't be faithful with what you have now, you're not going to be faithful when you get a whole bunch more. It'll be harder when you get a bunch more. He knows what you have to give. He knows if you're broke. He knows if you're flush. He knows if you're buying name brand or you're sticking with the Kirkland. He knows. He knows. A friend of mine said, said, I remember back when I was broke, we couldn't even afford Dr. Thunder. <coughs> and I said, brother, that, that's, that's broke. He said, we wish we could have afforded Dr. Thunder. And for all of you who don't know what Dr. Thunder is, that's how wealthy you are. And, and so when we're here, he knows what you have to give. He knew what this woman did. He knew that she threw in. Uh, sorry, I said it, it would take, a two, it would take two, to make a, two to make a Daenerys. It would take 128 to make a Daenerys or Daenerys. She did this. She did all of this. God said, I know your amount and I know your percentage. He knows the wealthy and he knows the poor. And by the way, poor in the U.S. is different than poor everywhere else. Nod your head if you understand that. We have more than enough. See, I can't give whatever big number. I can't give 100000 to the Lord. God knows what you have and where you're at. But you might can give what you're, what you're supposed to. You might can be generous with your time and your talent. You, you are responsible for you. There's no comparison going on here. He knows the wealth and the poor. Number two. Number two, he knows what we give. He knows what we give. <coughs> what we give. I was told this a few years ago. We had a, a, a first church we served at when we, we got married. We got married. There was these, uh, it was a, a, a columns at the start of the building. It was one of these traditional looking churches, high peak. And, uh, and folks who went out, the main entrance had to navigate these really narrow brick steps. Ladies in heels. I mean, it was just giraffes juggling. I mean, it was just, you know, trying to go down them. And so... And so, but if they went out, they went out specifically to talk to the senior pastor. If they didn't care about that or they didn't want to try and navigate and fall down the stairs, they would come out one of the side doors. There was a little small parking lot, stage left. It was a bigger parking lot, stage right. My job was stand stage right. And so I greeted most of the people because most people didn't want to try and fall down the stairs. And uh, after the service, and the bathrooms were located behind me as well. So people, people needed to do that. They went by me. And so I, 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 would, I would be there, be there at the time. At the time, I was a firm believer in cash. How many of you, how many of you still like cash? I'm having a little bit of cash on you. I only about under 40 cash. It's green. Uh, it's paper. And so, so I have that. And somebody gave me a money clip with my initials on it. So I had a money clip with initials. And so I had it in my pocket, and I felt good if I had uh, 10, 20 bucks. And so, you know, and, and I was so proud, I'd get it in ones. Just I'd feel like I had a roll. I was a big deal. I had eight ones. And, uh, and, so, and so I'd have that. And a phenomenon happened. People didn't put their offering in the offering plate. When it came by, they would give me their offering. I said, Brother Rodney, can you make sure this gets where it needs to be? They'd hand me their check or whatever. Hand me their envelope. i go, okay. People would hand me cash. Just make sure this gets in. They wanted me to know that they were giving. Me to know they're giving. And so I'm sitting here. I had to develop a system. I developed a system. God's money, my money. It wasn't that hard. 
Wasn't any harder. There was a lot of difference there. A lot of difference there. Guy gave me one time, he gave me a bank envelope. Gave me a bank envelope. Said, said put this toward the youth. Put this toward the youth. I'm trying to remember the dude's name, right? Because he's going to want credit. He's going to want credit, and he's doing all this stuff. So, and I would try and hit the treasure, but the treasure was fast, man. He'd do the thing. He was out the door. He was on his way to the seafood buffet. If I didn't catch him, I'd go home with everybody's Lord's money in my pocket. Everybody in my pocket. I'd come back, and the offer plate would come by me. We had Sunday night service come by me, and I was just, you know, everybody thought, man, I don't know what the youth pastor's doing, you know. But, but he's making bank, <laughs> and uh, he's giving, <laughs> and I was just giving everybody else's money sometimes on Sunday night, Sunday night. Pastor finally asked me, said, uh, I couldn't help but notice, you know, you had a bank bag, like Richie Rich, you know, and, and I told him, he's like, he's like, people are crazy, and, uh, and so we do these things. You know what I figured out? It wasn't they didn't get it, get it in the plate when it came by, or the bucket, they wanted to make sure somebody on the staff knew they were being generous. I suppose that's fine, and don't any of you do that today, um, either, because I'll get confused, and it'll, it won't be my money or God's money, it'll be Andre's money, and uh, I'm teasing, I, I wouldn't do that, let me help you, let me help you, he, he knows, he knows, we send out, uh, try and send out a giving statement about every three months, just to make sure you know you're on track for whatever your goals are for that year, and, and if there's a mistake, we can catch it quickly, it's, it's easy with our systems, no problem. It's just a few clicks, and, and so we do that. But you understand, and he knows. He knows. He cares. He's sitting there. He commends the woman, commends the woman. She was known for what she gave and the percentage. He says that. You may can never give $20,000, $100,000 a year. Lord, I, I don't have any idea. I don't, it doesn't matter. But you might can give 10 this year, 10%. You might can give 11 next year, and you might can give 12 the year before, the year after. You might can give 13 you might can continue in your generosity. I, and I, I just know for a fact, you just will not outdo the Lord. You will not outdo the Lord. He does. He does those things. I, so much almost. And number three, I'm done. Uh, excuse me. He knows the amount and percentage. Our generosity represents us and the Lord. Our generosity represents us and the Lord. Um, we try really hard. We've we got two children, one in heaven. We try really hard to do for one, we do the other, even though they're, they're, they're young adults now. Any, any other parent in here like that, you try, if you do for one, you try and do for the other. You have children you don't like, apparently. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, or nieces and nephews don't like. We, we try and, if we do something for Alice, and I'm like, let's do, let's do something for Riley. He said, Riley don't know. I said, but I know. I know. By the way, you've got cookies because of me. And uh, I, said, I, I said, I know. I said, I, said, I, I know. I, 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 I want another love. I want another appreciate. I want them to. They represent me. I, I, I don't want to think I don't want to think the Lord's stingy because their dad's stingy. Because the Lord is not stingy. And what we do represents us, represents him. Represents him. Number three, he cares. He just cares. Somewhere in the south, it spread to the Midwest, and it certainly is prevalent on the West Coast. Well, I just don't think if there is a God, he cares about this. And you have to wrinkle your nose when you say that, right? Well, love is love. I don't, yeah, you know, this, I don't think God cares. You know, I'm whatever it is, whatever it is you disagree with, you go, I don't think God cares about this. I don't think God cares about this. And that's fine if you can show me in the Bible where God doesn't care about it. But if he says he cares about it, then, then he cares about it. 
The problem is we care about it. We get all worked up. We get all blown up. Man, one of the sweetest things you ever see, one of the sweetest things I ever saw, I saw a young person, man, he had a summer job. He came, he came to me, he said, I hear we're doing junior church, uh, junior camp. I said, yeah. He said, anybody need any help? I said, what's well, about $50? He said, I've been working. I got nothing else to do with my money. He says, there's somebody who can't go and they can go. I told him yes. I told him what they needed to do, man. He sponsored a kid, went to junior camp. And to get a junior camp, get saved. And the 17, 18-year-old teenager, man, he is proud as he can be. He is thrilled because he got to do that. You got he got to do some of those kind of things. He got to see fruit from what he did. And guess what, man? The Lord was honored, man. He cares. He cares. Because he cares about you. He knows what you do from surplus and sacrifice. He cares. He cares. That's the last note. Look, look right here. Henry Horn came preach for us about, a, uh, about uh, three weeks ago now. I've told this occasionally. Henry was the first person I ever heard say it. Henry preached four weeks. Look right here. He preached four weeks on a similar subject. He talked to everything about debt, what the Bible says about debt, what the Bible says about different things. And he, he was having major pushback. Wealthy farmers, second generation folks, he was having pushback. Because the old Saul was God. He was trying to help him. He was trying to help be generous. He really was trying to push some missions, things. And he wasn't. I've heard others do this, but he was the first one. It was packed that morning, about, about 300 folks. The balcony was full. He pulled out his checkbook. He said, if you'll trust God for a month, he said, you're not able to pay your bills. He said, you do like you normally would. Don't go crazy. If you're, if you're not able to pay your bills in the month, he said, he said, I've talked it over, wife with Lori. I've talked it over. He said, Lori and I will write a check for whatever you like. He said, will you trust God now? One of the only times at that point in my life I'd ever heard audible gasp in a service. I saw people where I was saying, I saw people start to nod. I saw them start to warm up. Four weeks, push. One, two sentences, nodding. Sure, husbands and wives are looking at each other going, what have we got to lose? He said for a few more minutes, he tucked his checkbook away in his pocket. He said, I want to ask you a question. He said, my offer's good. So I want to ask you a question. He said, why would you trust a fallible, imperfect, prone to character defect man with limited resources. A lot of the people knew that his wife came uh, from wealth, but and you will not trust God. Second time in my young ministry, I heard more audible gasps. Same people nodding, bow their head. Same husbands and wives who were looking at each other, nodding. Now stricken. Man, he cares. He cares about you. God's not interested in raising money. Man, he's interested in raising his children. You can have true value in an inflationary world when you trust him. Time, your talent, your treasure, all that. But the first thing you need is give, give your life to the Lord. 
If you've never repented of your sins, put your faith trust there. If you're counting on works, if you're counting on being wet as a kid, if you're counting on some class that you attended or something like that, but there's never been a time you said, Jesus, I need to be forgiven of my sins. If that's not true in your past, it's something you need to do, you can do that this morning. And then everything else comes after. I learned to trust him. I learned to trust him, and I learned to trust him more. I learned to trust him more because he cares. He cares about you cares about you. Would you pray with me right now? Father, <clears throat> Lord, I'm thankful for all the resources and stuff that's on uh, social media and YouTube and the, and the guides. I'm thankful for uh, the people who, who do this uh, professionally as a ministry and they help folks, help folks with, uh, uh, with, with debt and, and, uh, and, and setting up budgets and all those kind of things. And so, Lord, we not talked about that. We just simply talked about our heart 